In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. From the miracle of birth to all the poetic yearnings inspired by our all-too-brief lives, all the amazing richness of life in all its splendor, its beauty, its mystery, everything about the adventure of life points to this one question. Who is the one who creates and commands all of this? One of the oldest books in the Bible, the book of Job, asks this question in a very dramatic way. From the start, we're introduced to the man Job. It says, this man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters. He owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 donkeys, had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. Suddenly then, the book of Job rockets us to the throne room of heaven. And there a conference is taking place, God and all his angels, and even the fallen angel Satan, are debating about the man Job. The question they entertain is this, Job knows he's been so blessed. He's so grateful to God for all that he's been given. But what sort of questions will Job be asking if everything is taken away? On one day, Job receives many messengers. One after another, they come. Job, your oxen and donkeys have all been carried away by an invading army. Job, um, fire fell from the sky, burned up your sheep and all your servants. Job, sorry to tell you, a raiding party has swept down and carried off all your camels. Job, all your children were together feasting, and a great wind came across the desert, blew down the house, struck all four corners of it at once, killing all of them. Job had lost everything. And elegantly in response, asking no question, Job makes a simple statement. Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord is taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. Well, even the angels of heaven are pretty impressed but the debate in the throne room of God goes on. Satan suggests to God, well, what if? What kind of questions would Job be asking if now we even take his life with illness? Afflicted with sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head, Job could now only sit in the ashes of his former life. 
And his wife asks him, Job, are you still holding on to your integrity? Curse God and die. Job responds with a very simple and elegant question. Shall we only accept good from God and not trouble? This old, old book of the Bible is posing this same challenge to us. What questions do you ask of the one who creates and commands all of this? We are not always uh, quite as patient with God as Job, are we? Perhaps uh, we see ourselves in this small band of disciples that one evening very willingly gets in a boat with Jesus as he suggests that they jump in and sail to the other side. Perhaps um, we too are perfectly willing to trust God as long as things are going fine. And then suddenly, from across the lake, a furious squall came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Challenged and threatened, our minds begin to work in different ways, don't they? It is a very clear sign of our sinfulness that we can so quickly lose patience with God as did these men in the boat. As the waves rock over the boat, they look back and Jesus appears to be taking a nap. The disciples wake him up. They immediately pounce on him with their question. Teacher, don't you care if we drown? This little group, they had seen Jesus do so many things. They had seen Jesus heal people of disease. They had seen Jesus cast out evil spirits. They had seen Jesus welcome all sorts of different kinds of people with the simple greeting, Your sins are forgiven. And Jesus had made a bold declaration to them. He had told them that no rule of man, no circumstance, no predicament would prevent him and his heavenly Father from caring for their needs from here to eternity. But now, so quickly, they start accusing Jesus of not caring about them at all. How quickly can you travel from faith in God to full-fledged fear for your own well-being? You know this, I'm sure. We Christians dare to believe something pretty amazing. That the God who creates and commands all things 
cherishes and loves us. He loves us with a heartfelt, infinite love that is greater than any love you have ever felt for another human being. But maybe just like in our relationships with other people, we are quick to do, kind of question that love and devotion. Why is that? Maybe it's because uh, deep down we feel unlovable. We're unsure why anyone would want to bother to love us. It's really easy to feel that we don't deserve to be loved. Well, maybe because we don't. But here is the thing that I really want you to see. What's going on in that boat? Even when he is asleep, Jesus, the Son of the living God, knows more about what's going on and loves these men more than you and I could ever imagine. People spend a lot of time imagining things about God. It's good, it's good to try to imagine what God is like. Maybe you can imagine God watching over your life, caring about all the little details. Maybe you can imagine God uh, sending angels down to protect you against something that is not even going to happen for weeks or months from now. Can you imagine Jesus sleeping in that boat? His eyes closed. He's asleep, but he still has a capacity to care with a greater and more infinite and eternal love than you and I can ever imagine. While we try with faith, to imagine God, we got to remember this. In our humility, that God really is totally beyond our imagination. He's the creator and sustainer of everything. I'm pretty sure that nobody in that boat could have ever imagined that when they wake Jesus up, you know, one eye comes open first. Maybe he stretches, looks around, sees what's going on, stands up in the boat, and then just says, peace, be still. And all the waves disappear. The lake becomes like glass. I'm not sure that so so many, many years before that, uh, that poor stricken man named Job, or uh, any of his three friends who endlessly debated what God is like, I don't think any of them could have imagined 
that as they were sitting there chatting philosophically about what God is like, that suddenly God himself would interrupt their conversation. To heck with your theories, he says, where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand who marked off its dimensions, who stretched a measuring line across it, where were its footings set, who laid its cornerstone, while all the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. It's beyond our imagination that the very one who created and commands the cosmos would come to us in human flesh. It's beyond our imagination that he would want to make himself as vulnerable as us to powerfully show us how much he cares how much he loves for us in ultimate and eternal ways. I don't have to imagine this, I know, that you and I will find ourselves in predicaments. We will find ourselves encountering problems that are going to remind us of those disciples in that little boat and how quickly they panic. Yes, we are mortal sinful creatures and we are going to doubt God's care. But my prayer for you today is that you will just as quickly be ready to take God at his word. Words like Psalm 46 that I almost think might have been in the back of Jesus' mind on that night when he says, Peace be still. The words of Psalm 46, God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there's a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Be still, be at peace, and know that I am God. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So says Psalm 46. And let me pray for you that you would be so blessed to take God out of his word. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask your blessing for us. So broken and sinful are we that we're quick to doubt your care and your love. Bless us with a resilient and imaginative faith 
that we may have peace and be still, rejoicing in your eternal and infinite goodness and glory. In Jesus' name, may we be so blessed. Amen.